Hey guys, welcome back to Baby Got Back End. My name is Morgan Roberts, and this week I have my good friend Michael Briggs on the podcast, aka Briggsy. If anyone knows him or any of his friends or his clients, will call him Briggsy. Um, Briggsy is such a energetic and generous guy. And we've been friends for about five years now, and he's just someone who is is most of the time pretty optimistic and always has a really good positive take on things. And he shoots a lot of weddings every year, uh, and I think he has a really good outlook on things. And I'd loved, I really loved having a chat with him this week. We talk about things like um, shooting the volume of weddings that he does, how he manages that, outsourcing, switching to Sony. We get a bit of gear talk, which is fun, um, and touch on a few sort of things about work-life balance. Um, There's something that we bring up that we sort of just touch on in this episode that I'd like to dig into in future episodes, and that was um, when we're talking about outsourcing, he mentions something about shooting consistently and what that looks like. So that's I'm really interested in what that actually is technically physically looks like and is in a wedding photography business specifically so that's something that i'm going to touch on in the future episodes with with other guests but yeah shooting consistently i think it's a really interesting um concept specifically we talk about it in regards to his outsourcing so we're going to get on to that sort of stuff now you can follow me on Instagram, I'm at Morgan Roberts Weddings and Morgan Roberts Photo, the two different sort of arms of my business. You can chuck me an email, morgan at morganrobertsphotography.com. I'll chuck all this in the show notes, but please shoot me an email if you're liking this. I've had a few really good bits of feedback from the past couple of episodes so far, so thank you so much for sending those in. I am glad that what I'm doing here with these wonderful people is somewhat helpful in this crazy time. Um, I promised today with Briggsy we, we don't go deep on coronavirus again. I really wanted to pivot off that just a bit. Um, I know it's trying times at the moment and I think it's important to discuss uh, how we're all dealing with this right now um, because I think that's helpful. But I also just want to have normal chats about how people run their stuff and those kind of normal non-pandemic related topics. So this is a relatively pandemic safe episode, just so you know. Anyway, thank you so much for sending all the feedback in so far. Um, shoot me an email and just with the subject heading, you know, baby got back end or, you know, back end podcast or whatever. So I can, so I can find that. Um, if you have any ideas for guests or topics that you would like us to cover on the podcast. Originally, this podcast it was just part of a, a workshop series that I was going to start, which is focusing mainly on file management and systems and color management and printing and all this really boring shit. But I think with the podcast, I'm sort of expanding that to, hey, what do these people do with their photography businesses? Because I think all of this stuff at some point has something to do with back end and the concept of back end and going in deep and going inside baseball and all of this stuff. So, yeah. That's the that's the deal. Shoot me an email, say hi, thanks for the feedback, and enjoy this chat with Briggsy. Hey guys, welcome back to Baby Got Backend. My name is Morgan, as always, and I'm joined by my good friend Michael Briggs. How are you, Morgan Roberts? I am well, thank you. Hey, how you doing, mate? I think. It's such a great question, like especially right now. And like, I feel, I feel like I don't. I've done two episodes of this so far, and I don't want to just spend the whole time talking about fucking coronavirus. But like, it's, you know, it's really like, it's kind of crazy. It's so, it's such a crazy time. Yeah. But I, I, you know, like you, 
we've known each other for a number of years now, and I just thought I, I really wanted to get you on this and talk about uh, a whole bunch of stuff because I feel like you'd have a really interesting perspective on on you just some real just some real shit like that how this has affected our businesses and stuff and particularly like I mean what when when was the first sort of sign that everything was really going to change for you oh yeah man that that is such a good question and and I guess also when you like say hey how are you like it's very just like it's like it's the question. obligatory answer to just go yeah I'm well <laughs> but you know like I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not like doing awfully, but it's like it's a pretty strange time. I, I mean, my 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 more honest answer to that is I'm 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 doing strangely. I, I, everything everything is just really really strange. Um, you know, I, I kind of felt with the Corona thing, everyone kind of maybe when I say everyone, I, I refer to like myself, and I think a lot of a lot of people, um, the way they thought about it, everyone kind of did like a in inverted commas a bit of a Chappelle Corby about it. Do you remember when she was first arrested? Everyone was like, oh, but she's pretty and she's blonde and she can't be guilty. She was she was set up. And then like, and then, I don't know, something happened a couple of months later, you know, some different evidence and stuff came in and they're like, she's a drug dealer. She's guilty, you know, prosecutor. And like, everyone like changed their mind about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of feel like this has like been the same, you know, like come like, you know, then when there was whispers in December and January about this, everyone was just like, ah, oh, it's just the flu. We'll be fine, mate. It's just the flu. And it won't then, make it here. Yeah. It's and then be, yeah. like there was a point where it's like, oh, okay, this is, um, this is, this is getting really real. This is, uh, this is, this is a big deal that's going to affect us. And I think, um, no, I, I probably, I don't know. I guess probably personally, probably my first, realization that it was really really real was like when that first postponement email came through um and then they just started like boom just like going down like like bowling pins after that i i got my first i think it was maybe it was maybe two or three weeks ago and it was just hey we're starting to think about that this might be a thing um and it was an april wedding and i actually was really quiet in april this year like i had one april wedding this year which was ridiculous like yep. i don't know why this just happened um and then and then it was like oh that's so then you're like april may june you're like fuck actually yeah this is and the, yeah like all my junes i think one of my junes haven't moved or they and they probably will but they, yeah. they just haven't the email hasn't happened yet because it's still a few months away yep but like um let's just dial it back a bit and just say from your perspective, like, cause you're like, tell me a bit about your business. Like from what's, what's the elevator pitch of, of Michael Briggs, like the, the, <laughs> of ele- <Breezy. laughs> the elevator pitch. I mean, it probably depends if I'm talking to someone in the industry or talking to a couple, but um, yeah, um, I'm Michael Briggs or Briggsy. I live, uh, I live in the, I actually live in the outer Eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, so I just, I just live in suburbia, but I kind of live where the suburbs finish and the Yarra Valley begins. So it kind of opens up. So, um, most of my weddings are in the Yarra Valley, which is, which is Victoria's main wine region. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm a self-taught wedding photographer, like, like a lot of people. And I've been shooting weddings full time since 2015. Um, I come from a varied background of doing lots of different stuff. Um, like I used to be a carpenter in another life, uh, working, working on a building, building site. So that was different. Um, mm. yeah, um, that's kind of a little, a little bit about me. I don't, I don't know how, how, how deep, um, you want, want me to go with that. But yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I love my job and I, I like the energy that I bring to, um, to weddings and yeah. And I, I shoot lots of weddings and I, I love shooting lots of weddings. It, it, it works well for me. 
You're a pretty high volume wedding shooter, um, like for a, for a solo operator. Like I know that perhaps people listening to this would be aware of, um, you know, studios, wedding studios that, you know, they have some people that run it and then they'll have different shooters that go out. Um, and it's very, you know, easy for them to shoot, you know, 300 weddings a year or whatever. Yeah. Um, but by yourself, you shoot like quite a lot of weddings every year. Um, do you want to just talk a bit about that? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I guess, yeah, I mean, in, in, I never realized at first that it was a lot. I just thought it was just kind of something that, that people that people did. And then when I finally kind of um, – and, and I didn't really start networking with people until about 2015, which is which is where I would have met you actually um, yeah. at, a, at, a, at a conference in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm since, since, since 2015, 16, I've been shooting between about 70 and 80 weddings uh, per calendar year on, on my own. I don't have – um, I don't have any staff or other shooters or anything working for me. It's just it's just me rocking up and shooting those weddings. Mm. And, yeah, and mm. I guess the cool part about this, um, your podcast, man, is I can go into um, you know as much as the you know as much detail or boring details people want to put about how that actually looks for me. But yeah, that's that's yeah, that, that that's absolutely. What, that's what I've been um, yeah, that's what I've been shooting um, consistently uh, ever, ever since. Every year I've been doing seventy, eighty weddings. Um, and without without trouble, it doesn't. For the, for the most part, it doesn't bother me or cause any issues for me whatsoever. I just thought that was normal until I spoke to other people and I realized that wasn't that normal. Yeah, it's 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 certainly an outlier, and I think like that's why I really wanted to talk to you on on this because especially something like that, like how does that system um, deal with something that here? You know, when you talked about you know you started taking this whole current situation seriously when you got that first email, and then they just started coming, and it was like. Oh my God, you know, like I had three or four because I actually had a quiet, I had a, I, I didn't get busy this year until maybe winter, um, which is kind of cool. Cause in Queensland, like we actually have a really awesome wedding, um, yeah. wedding season during like June, July, August. And, and you guys, you guys get a lot more quiet down in, down in the South. But, um, you know, I, I just thought when this all started happening, I actually, you were one of the first people I thought about it. It's like, oh man, your inbox must be absolutely <laughs> fucking on fire right now. Like this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It has, yeah, it has, it has been, insane. I mean, it's not as bad as like, you know, some, some other, some other people have, you know, spoken mm. to, you know, like chatting with, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Josh Withers recently, you know, like the yeah. amount of post, post moments he's had between himself and, and his elopement collective business is just yeah, it's mind insane. Blowing. But, you know, but they had a very different kind of year planned, um, traveling the world and stuff like that but um yeah yeah i mean um yeah it's it's been tough i've I've had probably close to about 15 um postponements now um and i think it's important to use the right wording around that in regards to postponement and and cancellation because i feel like for the most part and talking to anyone in the industry celebrants or florists or anyone Major, very, very large majority of couples at this point are just postponing their wedding. No one is just cancelling their wedding altogether. As a matter of fact, I've only had one couple out of that fifteen um, that it didn't work out with. Um, so, all, I've had fourteen couples who have all found a new date with their venue and all their suppliers who they'd already booked and paid deposits for. Took a few emails and a few phone calls back and forth with them, obviously, but all those couples have locked in new dates. Most of them are kind of sitting around early 2021 at this stage. And people are like booking in weekday weddings, like Thursday or a Sunday weddings, which aren't typically as popular. And so they can find that date um, that everyone is available for. I actually kind of feel excited about that because like um, just for a bit of background, like, you know, the the, the, the running joke with, with, with a lot of us wedding industry folk is, oh, you know, what the fuck are you doing on this Saturday at 3 p.m.? It's like, you know, I feel like this is, I feel like this could be a catalyst. Like, you know, we're constantly looking 
um, we're in this privileged position where we're finding all these silver linings about having this, you know, this time of, of stoppage. Um, yeah. And for us, it is a time of stoppage. It's not a time of we're dying and we're sick. Um, you know, not, not yet, at least, you know, this is March, uh, April, sorry. Uh, what's the, so that's the 7th, 7th of April, 2020. So, you know, we're dealing with, with these, with these, it's a stoppage. Um, it's half time in a way. And, and we have the privilege of being able to look at it from that. But the thing that I, you know, I, I, one of the silver linings that I keep thinking of is, is this the catalyst of like, are people going to be finally getting, getting over this whole obsession with having to do it on like, just you want a wedding, especially if you have a small wedding with 20 people, like they'll take off work on a Thursday, just have it on a fucking Thursday. I know, man. of dates that I could book, you know, six times over all throughout the year. And I'm only a solo operator as well. And I'm sure you would have the same. It's just like, once it's done, it's done. You can't yep. clone yourself. Yeah. Oh man. So true. I mean, like in Melbourne, um, like March is our most popular month for weddings. Um, you know, because of the weather, we're, we're done with those disgusting 40 degree days that we can get in January and February. And it's typically before it gets too cold. So mm. yeah, Saturdays in March, like book out so far in advance, but mm. yeah, I, yeah I, I, I think it's just a whole time for everyone to kind of reassess, you know, mm. where, where they're at and, um, yeah, I don't know what the obsession with Saturday with Saturdays is, and you know, I got, got it's this. just a tradition thing. Yeah. It's like that whole tradition. It's like you know, Saturdays wearing white dresses, having chair covers. I mean, you know, we can we can yeah. start. You know, there's a whole conversation that I know that I want to have, um, and this is primarily a wedding centric podcast at the moment, at least. But I I, I do want to have. I'm interested in those conversations about where the things that this can start tearing away and they already have started they already have started tearing away oh, yeah. before this but this is a huge this is a huge spanner in the works the tradition um but yeah you, you you've postponed is 14 postponements one cancellation i mean that's pretty good yeah well they didn't even actually cancel they were just they just booked in a date um a saturday believe it or not they just booked in a saturday without checking with me they're like oh our venue had a saturday free so we're going with that we booked it in and it's funny you brought that up in the conversation and i was like well i was like well you didn't check with me if i was free i mean i I know they didn't have to plan their their whole fucking wedding around me but they didn't check with me and then they're like oh how do we go about getting our deposit but it's not but it's not a new booking like it's a yeah i know yeah yeah, like we're all very familiar with the whole, we've booked out, because that's how the system works. We book our venue. Yeah. Oh, hey, is this photographer that we really want? I hope they're available. Like, what a stupid system. But, you know, the fact that that happened again, it's like, <laughs> what's the most annoying thing that has happened twice with one couple? Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that whole situation was strange, but, I mean, there's always going to be one, wasn't there? And they're like, oh, how do we get our deposit back? And I'm like, well, let me talk you through how a deposit works. Like that's not yeah. the, you know, and that kind of, it didn't end, you know, it didn't end as nicely as it could, but you know, that's, that, that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles. But you know, for the most part, like every couple has been awesome and, and found dates that everyone is free, which, which is many weekdays and people are thinking about that differently. But you know, I, I get why Saturdays are popular, man. You know what I mean? Cause like we obviously work in weddings. So like we kind of, and, and if you are, if you were in the wedding industry and you do it full time, you do have, you know, being honest, we do have a lot of time on our hands. You know, there's not many times of the week we've actually got to like report somewhere and like go somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm busy. Like, I'm smashing out 60, 70, 80 hours a week um, during busy season, but I've only actually got to like report somewhere a couple of times a week. And so I get it. Other people, other normal mm. people with normal jobs have Saturdays off, then they have Sunday to recover, then go back to work. And again, mm. you know, I, I've got this mate, he, he doesn't work in the wedding industry. And he, it was, it was a few months ago, actually. He rang me once at like 3 p.m. on a Saturday. 
Um, and it, it was a church ceremony. I don't do that many church ceremonies. And <laughs> my phone was off at the time, but it was the vibrating was loud enough just to be irritating. And I'm like, text him back. I was like, dude, I'm like, what else do you think I'm going to be doing at 3 p.m. on a Saturday? And then he's like, <laughs> then he just like made it a thing that he just like starts ringing me at 3 p.m. every Saturday. Just like, oh no, good. I mean, yeah, we've all got that one friend. Um, yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that because sometimes I actually do that to um wedding industry friends and i'm a wedding industry person so like if i actually don't have a wedding sometimes i maybe not these days but i used to every now I actually used to test some um, mutual friend of ours uh, josh withers and are you, you busy <laughs> yeah we're or, or actually once i texted where are you and he called me and i was driving and i couldn't answer the phone and he, he there was this like i was nearly home so i had to call him when i got home and he'd freaked out because he thought he'd missed a wedding that i we were shooting oh, working really? on together oh that's so hard <laughs> Yeah, it was just more amazing. I think the most amazing thing was that both of us, did, for some reason, didn't have a wedding on, at 3 p.m. on that Saturday. It's just like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so, so what, um, that, that whole, going back, that, that initial, so, you know, when you started networking and with people and making friends in, in this crazy industry, you, it was about 2015, so five years ago now, and you didn't know what the normal was. Um, tell me about those conversations. That's quite interesting. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, well, yeah, I started shooting part-time in kind of 2010, 2011, um, and I, I guess I, I worked pretty hard at it, but um, it kind of it took off quicker than I expected it to. Um, and then in the year 2014, I worked, uh, I, I worked a nine to five job in, in the city. So I, I committed to the city every day and I worked a nine to five job and my business got pretty busy that year. Um, and I shot about 25, 30 weddings that year while still working a full-time job. Um, and that's like when, um, and we'll go into this as well. That's where like I started outsourcing my editing as more of just like a necessity. So like, you know, like mm. I didn't have like some kind of fucking nervous breakdown trying to trying to shoot that many weddings whilst working a full-time job. Um, but then, um, yeah, then I quit my day job in January, 2015. Um, you know, and, and that year, and that year I'd, I'd booked a lot more, um, weddings in that year. And, and that, and that was, um, that was also the year where I was like, you know, because it was now my income and I was like, all right, I'm paying my mortgage off this. And, and this is, you know, now, now, now I've got to feed, you know, feed my family and stuff like that. You kind of, your whole mindset around business changes and, and what you think, um, what you think you knew and what you think you need to do. And um, so it wasn't really prior to then. I didn't really start talking to people in the industry until 2015. I wasn't like this like crazy, like lone wolf guy. I just kind of, I didn't really have. You just didn't. Yeah. I just, I didn't really feel the need to talk to anyone. And because I was so busy doing a day job, I kind of just did this thing and I was like, all right, sweet. And that was where I started kind of doing some workshops and just, you know, emailing and calling other photographers and just chatting with them. And um, yeah, that, that year, like that was the year that, everything changed in my business. My whole, my whole mindset around business, my whole mindset around shooting, just everything. Like I would just be, I would be mortified to look at any wedding of mine prior to 2015. You know what I mean? Like a wedding from 2014. <laughs> I'd just be like, Oh my God, that's rancid. I'm, I'm sure the couples still love their photos, but um, yeah. <laughs> there's a great, there's a great, um, there's a great meme. It might even be a gif of um, from modern family. It's like, you know, the, um, don't never look back 
Manny, never look back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the same as well, you know. Like I'm sure, like yeah. mus- you know, musicians would hate listening to their older song, you know, like their old songs or their old albums. You know, like when you go and see a band play, you know, they always want to go, they always want to play their new stuff. Um, you know what I mean? Because they're like, oh, the old stuff's just it's not what we do anymore. But you know, it's the same as any kind yeah, of creative. Just, yeah. You know, when when was the last time you heard Radiohead play Creep? You know, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that, and yeah, that was where when I met you, and 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 I just feel like talking to people. Um, yeah, my, my mindset changed and, and that was when I was 2015, I probably didn't quite shoot that volume of weddings. I probably did about 50 that year, but then after that 16, 17, 18, 19, until this year, I've done, I've done minimum 70 weddings a year, maximum about yeah. eight. So always somewhere between 70 and 80 weddings a year. And, um, so you'd generally be doing triple headers, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday situation. Spot. I, I do a few triple headers. There's a lot of doubles. Yeah. I guess that's what people are going to think about as well. Um, is that like, a lot of that, particularly in Melbourne, most of those weddings are kind of crammed into eight or nine months, you know, seven mm. or eight months even. I would say 80% of that is within that time and then 20% kind of falls between May and September. Because, um, you know, for those of – if anyone's not in Australia listening, Melbourne gets pretty cold in winter and a lot of people are apprehensive to have weddings in winter because they're not going to get married in the cold. But, you know, I, I think I think cold weddings are a good idea. But, yeah, naturally winter's pretty bloody quiet for us. So, so our work is pretty jam-packed between like October and April um, in, in Melbourne. That's like when our wedding season, in inverted commas, is. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit quieter over December, January, a bit because of the temp, but still – Still pretty busy. Yeah, man. Like if you wanna if you wanna book out January and, and you're you're a busy photographer, you can you can be shooting every weekend in January or doubles every mm. weekend in January. It's still busy. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> People don't really care about the heat until the day comes around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Oh yeah, shit, it does get hot in January. I don't know why I rented this three piece suit. Honestly, but, well, yeah, I'd be renting the three-piece suit and having the wedding in July. Like that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, I love winter weddings, man. I love Yeah, um, I do too. I I've regularly booked out like J- July's and August's here in Queensland because it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, your um, weather is so good at that time of year. But yeah, like what? So when you had to make that decision of going, oh, this is actually like I'm full, working full time and still shooting, you know, thirty weddings a year. Um, and then you're outsourcing. So what what was that journey like? Like because I feel like in the past two to three years, like five five years ago. I did not know. I I I do not did not know anyone who was outsourcing their work, and I didn't know of anywhere that did that 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 as a service that offered that as a service. Yeah. So I feel like the last five years, that whole corner of our industry has exploded. So from your perspective, because I know you haven't always been with the one um, place either. You've 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 tried a few. So like, tell I me have, about I that process been. from you. Yeah, spot on. So, um, yeah, I've probably used over that time, I've probably used four or five different companies. I've been with the same company now since 2000 and, uh, 2017, I'm pretty sure. I've been using the same company now and I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked with them. They're, they're awesome. Um, but I had tried a few companies. Yeah. But as I, as I said, uh, outsourcing first just came out of necessity, um, because I was working full time and, and, um, and, working full time and shooting 30 weddings in that year in 2014. So then when I started um, in 2015, I had, you know, 50-ish weddings. I was like, sweet, I'm, I'm doing photography full time now. I'm going to start editing my own wedding photos again. That was like the idea in my brain that I was going to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then right. I just I just never did. I, I, I never started editing my own wedding photos again. Um, and that has enabled me so much more time to work. You know, it, it's such a cliche saying, but but it is true. It's so much more time to work 
on my business as opposed to in my business. And that is mm-hmm. just a huge, um, you know, catalyst to what has helped me grow my business so quickly and to be able to, to be able to consistently shoot high volume of weddings without getting burnt out, without it bothering me, um, is, is obviously that outsourcing is a big part of it. There's a whole lot, there's a lot of other workflow and stuff that needs to be humming along pretty, pretty nicely to be kind of shooting that volume of weddings, um, and, and paying attention to couples and still doing a good job, etc. But, um, yeah, so I, I I haven't edited a full wedding um since 2014. I I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and here's another little bit of insight. I'm I'm also horribly colorblind. Um, so I'm like I'm like I'm like the shittest person at white balance and stuff like that ever. Like I just I just I don't I don't know how to I don't I don't know how to do that at all. But yeah, Is so it- yeah, totally. Um, so when so you're outsourcing the editing now, people listening to this might not. No, like, I don't know. If, say, if you remember this, I don't know. Say, say we say, okay, how long does it take to edit a wedding? Um, you know, from the start of the cull to the full final delivery, getting all your gallery stuff, all your ducks in a row, all your emails sent out, all that slideshows. Um, I reckon there's, I reckon there's a good few hours in the cull. There's a few hours editing and there's maybe one or two hours of like other admin things. So I'd say maybe 10 hours. So I don't know. Do you reckon that's a rough estimate? Pretty pretty good rough estimate. Mm, yeah, I would say your average person spends a lot longer editing than that, though. Um, and I, I love that you asked that question as well, dude, because this is a common misconception, um, even particularly amongst photographer circles, is that when people go, "Oh, you outsource your editing, you must have so much free time," or then even like <laughs> you know, and, and I, the, the 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 bit that I find so funny is that you know, like when you're at the pub and having beers with people who don't work in the wedding industry, or when you're talking to you know, wedding guests at a wedding, you know, often the first people, first question that people ask a full-time wedding photographer is, well, what do you do during the week? You know what I mean? Like that is yeah. like such a common question. And it's so funny that I feel like even wedding, and I, I'm, I'm pigeonholing a little bit, but it does commonly happen that even wedding photographers, when they find out a wedding photographer outsources their editing, because I've had this conversation with so many people, then another wedding photographer to me then suddenly becomes that random wedding guests they're like oh well, well what do you do during the week then like if you have, yeah. like, you must have so much time on your hands it's like, a great role reversal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like well I, like yes it frees up time but like outsourcing the important part to acknowledge and and i'll go into outsourcing editing as, as much as you want the important part to acknowledge all that is doing is removing like one step like admittedly it's one like one bloody big step, but it's just removing one step of like a 10, 15 step process of, of the photos. You're just, you're just, you're just eliminating one step from that. But like, this is what people don't think about is the photos don't just suddenly appear on the memory cards from my camera into the couple's pick time or pixie set gallery. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm outsourcing mm. my editing. There's like so many, you know what I mean? There's, there's the backup at first. There's the cull, there's the sneak peeks, there's, there's creating the catalog to get it off to edit. There's getting the catalog back. There's going through the catalog. Then there's exporting the catalog. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot there's of- There's still like a whole bunch of file management yeah, that happens there. so at much- either end of those things. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, so I, I outsource, it's funny, you, so we're the opposite. I, I outsource my culling. Yeah. Even, I, even my, even my like event stuff. Uh, and it's so funny. People like, what's, what's the, what's your initial response to hearing that and going, what the fuck? Like, I, I hear that. What, tell, tell me, I, you can be the next person to tell me what's wrong with that. 
<laughs> no, I mean, the, that's the thing, man. Like, everyone will always find a workflow that works for them. I know me yeah. personally. My, my, I've had a few conversations with my editors, and they obviously do culling as well. And they're like, "Hey, have you thought about, you know, have you thought about getting us to do your culling as well?" Which, which obviously they want to do. Like, if you're running an editing company, you want to be culling those weddings as well. You want to sell more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're selling. Like, you know, we're all running a bloody business. Um, but I'm always like, I would just be fucking mortified if someone saw all of my raw files, even like my, <laughs> even, even like my editors. You know, like, I, 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 you know, they're overseas. Uh, I, I, I've never met them personally, but I was like, if anyone looked at, you know, the 4,000 photos that I take at a wedding to get to that 600 that I deliver, you know, people would just be like, oh my God, how's, <laughs> how's this guy charging money to make weddings? Um, you know, it's it's like, funny. Like, oh, I actually feel like digital has allowed us to make more shit photos than good ones. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely, if, man. If you consider the act of making a photo as in, pressing one shutter release yeah. um it, it's not and we can go at length about you know we can get into philosophical conversations about what is a photo what is the photo and actually we don't even like and how cameras cameras aren't even part of the photo the cameras just record the photo anyway let's that's that's another topic of a podcast perhaps with um I don't know, with, 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 with some, some beers and hard drugs, but that's, you know, that's crazy times. Um, yeah, but, but, but the, but yeah, totally. So I, cause I outsourced the cull and I do my own editing because the, it was the first thing that I identified when I really started ramping up and being more serious about business that I was like, this, this is the bit that I hate. Okay. Yeah. And so I thought, how do I get rid of it? And um, it's funny, I get a few reactions and I actually want to get my, my editor on this podcast and we have a conversation because she does it for a few photographers around, around the place. Yeah. Um, she's fantastic. Her name's Emma Holcroft. And the, the first question is, but the story, but how do you, like, how do you know? And I'm like, yeah. Because you mean someone wasn't there on the day. That, that's right. And yeah, that, yeah. the fact is that this, the, if you're looking at the work, you know, someone who is visually literate can see the, can see the through lines and especially who's been doing it with me for a while. Yeah. Um, she can see what I'm trying to achieve and she can clearly, and she, because she's unbiased and she wasn't there and she doesn't know the couple. Yeah. Um, she can be like, actually, you know what? Like Morgan's trying to do this. She can clearly see, cause she's a photographer herself, yep. a very good photographer. And she can see what I've been trying to do. She can see all the stuff that I would have gone. Oh, that's also pretty nice. The couple might want that too. And yep. she can go, no, fuck that. Like that's this, this image or these two images is, is, is this is what Morgan has achieved here. And this is achieving that goal on, yep. on covering this part of the story. And that's it. And I can get the catalog back and, and process. And I actually love processing. Like I love editing. I love that creative process. Yeah. That's um, awesome. And I hate culling. So yeah. it's, of course, I, I, I feel like any, like any part of your business, like if you don't like any part of your business, like don't, don't do it. If someone can do, it, do it, like, like that, that's the main reason I outsource my editing. Like someone can do it better, faster and you know, basically, yeah, that, that's the two biggest things. They can do it better than me and they can do it faster than me. Um, and so that, that's why I'll do it. Question for you about the culling man, which is, you know, like, like out of it, when you get the cull back, are you getting like, mm -hmm. you're getting a Lightroom catalog back from there? Getting a lot, getting a Lightroom catalog with back. And I just hit images flag with like a star. With all the images. Yeah. So you can see what she hasn't flagged. If yeah. So yeah. If, yeah, absolutely. Great question. So every now and then I will jump in and I'll, I'll tell her and I'll actually say, Hey, um, by the way, this, um, and I'll just usually hit that that unflag filter in Lightroom and go, oh, that's, 
I think that moment, you know, I might have shared something in the sneak peek. So yeah, I, when okay. I've gone through and had a quick look myself, I've gone, oh, you know, because I was there, I remember, you know. And the cool thing about this is it's not something, it's not, I'm not dealing with, uh, people talk about outsourcing. It's like, don't, don't get on your outsourcing. I, I hear this a lot. Don't get on your outsourcing as a reaction to a backlog. Yep. Um, it's one of the worst things to do because you're oh, dealing yeah. with historic problems. Like yep. you have to be proactive. So the cool thing about this is because I know how to deal with the the workflow is because I have the, I have the catalog that's come back to me maybe a week after I've shot the wedding. So it's still super fresh. So yes. I can, when we're on track, sometimes it's two, but it's usually like a week later, I've given her a Dropbox with smart previews. She can see the whole wedding, give me the catalog back. And I can filter unflagged and flagged yeah, awesome. um, and toggle and see what's left or right to those shots. And I can go, oh, I actually think I got one that's that's a bit better or that I prefer or I also want to include. But the thing is that I'm having those kind of conversations with myself once or twice per wedding instead of like a thousand times. Um, okay. And so that's how that works. So, yeah, I get the whole shots back and I can filter and look at what she's selected Um which is really like, it's so valuable. And it yeah. means that I'm not looking at my shit. I'm not going, uh, 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 and having all these agonizing decisions. Yeah, that's great. Because um, yeah. then then when you're going into the edit, you're going into the edit with, you know, you're going into the like the edit with excitement because you're like, well, fuck, the, oh, the, part, of, the part of the job absolutely. that I hate is done. So like I'm going in and I'm pumped. I, I, can, I, can, I can smash this out now. And that's... Yep. Yeah, Presets that's- applied. All the good shots are there. Or I don't have to look at my shit photos, so I'm thinking I'm like the best fucking wedding photographer on the planet. Like, yeah, yeah. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. That, that is so, yeah. yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that I enjoy culling. I just kind of do it as a necessity, and, and you know, yeah. workflow wise, I try and cull. I usually will always try and cull every Monday. You know, if I've just shot a double or, or a triple, I want to get through all those winnings on a Monday for, for a couple of reasons. Like one, just to get it done and get it to the editors. Yeah. But two, like the edit is, the wedding is still fresh in my mind. So like while I was like backing up on, you know, on, on Saturday night, um, you know, after I was tired or had a couple of beers or whatever, like if I'm backing up and I haven't backed something up properly, the wedding is still in my mind. I'm like, all right, it's still there. And, and you can go back and check your cars before, you know, you've got to go back to the next weekend or anything like that. Um, yeah. But to me, yeah, I mean, outsourcing editing to me was always just a no brainer. Like I was always like, I mean, you're outsourcing culling, but I just reckon like if you're a full-time wedding photographer and you're busy, um, I, I just feel like just you should, you should be outsourcing at least Something. some part of your business. But, but to me, like, the editing was the biggest part, like the biggest no-brainer to me. Because I mean, again, I mean, I haven't done it for a lot of years, but I reckon if I had to do it now, it would probably take me eight, ten, twelve hours to edit a whole wedding. Like, and that's also like if you turn the internet off and and just actually focused and like did it all at once. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, we're talking. Mm. Most people will take a few days, like a few hours a day, um, to do it. But I was like, all right, cool. So I can, you know, after I've culled a wedding and 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 and, and the editors are editing like a seven hundred photo wedding, for example, just using that as a, as a rough number, it's costing me about two hundred and fifty bucks to edit that wedding. So I can pay someone $250, something that would take me 10 hours to do, roughly speaking. I mean, um, you can do 10 hours work at $250 an hour. That's exactly right, man. Um, and, yeah, and if you're shooting something else, shooting a commercial gig or something, yeah. whatever the fuck it is. Or shoot, shooting a wedding, it's probably a hell of a lot more than $250 yeah, an yeah. hour. What totally. we're doing, do you know what I mean? So to me, it's yeah. just a no-brainer. So I can pay someone to do that and, and they can spend their 10 hours doing that or however many hours I want to spend doing that. And I can go and shoot. And then that's just like, well, well, sweet. That's how you. That's how I've got to that number, like of like seventy 
80 weddings, obviously, obviously amongst that, like I mentioned before, amongst having other workflow shit sorted out. That's like, well, sweet. I've, I've eliminated a huge part of my business that I don't like doing, that I'm shit at doing. Someone can do it faster and better. So just get, get them to do it. And I can focus on doing what I do well. Um, that's that. But yeah, I, I love that you mentioned before, there was, there was something you mentioned before about, um, when people outsource editing, um, yeah, when you're talking about people have a big backlog and then they're like, fuck, I've got a big backlog. I better start outsourcing my editing. Um, I think it's, in, I always, there's a few important things for photographers to remember when you do start outsourcing your editing. Um, and because I feel like some people try it and then they just give up. They're like, oh, I tried outsourcing my editing and the editors were shit. I gave up. I'm just going to do it myself again. Um, a common thing that people do is they do have too much work and they're just trying to just offload it all and it doesn't work for that. Another common thing is if you already can't edit your own wedding photos to look how you want them to look, like if you can't articulate that and you don't know what you want your photos to look like, like how the flying fuck are you going to expect someone else to do it if you can't even say what you want your photos to look like? Do you know what I mean? So then people get a wedding back and they're like, oh, the editors didn't have my look sorted. I'm like, well, what is your look? Like do you have, do you have a consistent preset that you're using like to get you that look? Because if you don't already have it, someone else isn't going to be able to do it. Like I know that's their job, but you've, it's already going to be in your mind. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's right. It's like, you're not hiring an architect, you're hiring a builder. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on, man. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing, they're doing something that you've already like laid the foundations for and, and you work out, you have to be able to shoot consistently as well. Like if you're shooting inconsistently every wedding, again, someone's going to struggle to be able to edit all your weddings consistently because you weren't shooting it consistently in the first place. Um, so yeah, most editors, you'll find most editors will have, you've got two presets you can use. Like you'll have a color preset and a black and white preset. Um, there's, I, from what I know, there's not many editing companies that will like chop and change between lots of presets for you. Like, Oh, this is a beach wedding. I'll use my beach preset. This is a farm wedding. I'll yeah, use my, nah. you know what I mean? Like you've just, your presets already yeah. got work for like multiple. The only time I hear about alternate color presets, it's for, uh, like tricky lighting scenarios in reception venues or ceremony, if it's like a church or something. And then, you know, yeah. you can get, you can get your own, like I know, um, there's, you know, companies that have like developed, like they have things like that where they talk with the, the, the photographer will make their preset. Um, and it's for those sort of situations. Yep. Um, the way I work with that is I usually just go, um, when I start the reception, I go, okay, what's, what does my baseline preset take this to? And then I'll go, okay, probably if it's a really low contrast lighting scenario, I'll bump up the contrast, yep. change the white balance, change the tint, apply all for the rest of the reception, and then I'll work from there. So you just create a new baseline. But that takes that's a thing that takes two minutes, you know, so I don't really feel like the need either. Um, I'm actually playing with a new preset now from for my 2020 weddings, which is a bit more bit more natural and a bit more um it's not flat but it's just a bit less it's just a bit less enhanced that i think we were getting to a point where um where it was getting a bit crazy so i've made that sort of decision so that's an interesting when 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 you use the word we are you referring to we as in your business or we as wedding photographers as a whole we as wedding photographers yeah i know man it is it is wild do you remember like when i first started shooting Maybe maybe I was just dumb shit, but like in 2010, 11, like everyone was using like selective color, or maybe it was well before that. But I remember it was well before that. But there were still people using like what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, oh, guilty. Yeah, I was probably doing it. You know what I mean? I just like you know, 
<laughs> like, I, I, you know, I just shot a couple of. Don't cheap. look back. Don't yeah, look back. Yeah. <laughs> don't look back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, if you like, if you Google my name like with the word flicker at the end, you know, whenever I'm using flicker, <laughs> you, you can you can find some pretty rancid shit under 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 my name. Don't do it. Though. Delete that. Yeah, delete yeah. that account. I, now. I can't. Do I it. think it was like with an old email or something. I was trying to log don't into it. And it shit, is, can, yeah. shit can all those photos. But but I, like when you look at that. You know, you, when you look at a wedding photo with your selective color, like you're just like, all right, well, that photo was taken in 2008. Do you know what I mean? Or, or whenever it yeah. was. And, you know, there was yeah. this, and now like with 2018, 19, and even now, there's just this thing where like for wedding photographers were just zapping the shit out of all the greens. Like people are in a field and the field looks like yeah. it's silver or something. My 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 preset that I used for the, until the start of this year zapped some greens out. Not all the greens, but it, it, it did zap some greens. I found that it was the thing that I was identifying that was quite that was getting distracting but i've now found a way to bring that back and that it's not distracting but it is also not zapping so yeah, yeah. oh guilt guilty everyone's guilty mate I, yeah. I, you were guilty in 2010 i was guilty <laughs> fucking last month <laughs> yeah but i mean but yeah we all do it but it's, it's funny but, but also like that's the thing like it's it's um it's you know, it's a matter of opinion as well. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, like obviously what people think looks good and looks bad is a matter of opinion. Um, but in my, like, I believe like what will always stand the test of time is just things looking real and, and true to life. Do you know what I mean? Without completely mm. changing the way that the day um, has looked, you know, I've seen, you know, in, in Facebook groups, wedding photographers like, Oh, the bride's not happy with the photos. And, you know, they copy and paste the email from the bride and it's this long winded email from the bride. And I will like, I will read into it more and I'm like, cool. So this bride is, you know, a primary school teacher or something. She doesn't, she's not creative or she's not a photographer. And what I'm reading with that text is she's saying, I'm looking at my wedding photos, but my wedding day in my head, it doesn't look like my photos look. Do you know what I mean? Like the photos mm. look different to how I remember it. Like the, the flowers are a different color and, and shit's mm. a different color because the photographers applied this fancy, you know, tribe archipelago or whatever that thing is preset and it's completely changed the way the day looks and the bride's going well my day didn't look like that like you know i love my photographer's work but now i'm seeing this like that um i don't know i just think it, i don't know that's that's an interesting topic um but again it, it's opinion because obviously the photographer is using those presets because they're like well this this makes my work look good and, and it gives me my style and my brand like and i get that but i think i think for the most part people just want photos to look timeless um and yeah that's rant over <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I'd like to ask you, I'd like to ask you, what does your week look like now? Like, what does it look like Monday to, say, let's say Monday to Thursday and assume that you're more often than not, if you're not shooting a wedding on a Friday, maybe you take it off, but you tell me, but what does your week look like, Briggsy? The, the, the use of the word now was uh, very important in that question. Cause do you mean, right? Do you mean right like, now or like, 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 like a month ago? ago? And then, and then let's talk about right now. Let's talk yeah. about what it was, you know, in the past couple of years. And then, and then let's talk about what it is now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, during, during busy season, um, you know, like our wedding season in Melbourne, I, I typically don't really take any full days off work. Um, some people say that's crazy. They're like, oh man, you're a psycho. That's crazy. Um, it's always, it's always worked for me. Um, doing that. I, I like, I like, I love my job and I enjoy working hard. I also think compared to other jobs I've done in the past, us winning, you know, I, I don't want to downplay that we do have, that we don't have a stressful job and our job can be bloody hard. Like it, like it is, but also I've worked a lot of jobs that are a hell of a lot harder than shooting weddings. Like this is in, in, in the grand scheme of jobs, we got it pretty sweet. Um, 
so yeah, I'm I'm happy to work seven days a week. Um, and like I'm I'm always kind of doing something. Um, every day during busy season. Um, the reason I mentioned that is because in Melbourne, like I mentioned, like we said before, in Melbourne, there's not that many weddings in in winter. So I'm taking time off. Like every year, um, we had a baby in 2018, but every yeah. year prior to that, 15, 16, 17, um, my my wife and I, we went away every year for like two months in in winter. I was like, when else can you do that? Like, what other jobs give you that luxury to be able to go overseas for a couple of months and and do that? So. So, th- so that's been awesome. So yeah, like I'll work like a crazy man for like eight, nine months. And then there's kind of three, four months where I don't really have that much on. Um, but yeah, I mean, since we've had a baby, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to like have like, you know, an exact workflow every day. Like I work from home. Like I don't just sit down at my desk at 9 a.m. 9 and then just work till five. You know what I mean? You're up and down. No, yeah, that's yeah. right. And I, and I love like it's still giving me that luxury, you know, like um, she's 18 months now, you know, when she was going to like, like, um, you know, like mini maestros, like music class, or going to gym or or going to boot camp or anything. Like I would just be able to get up and stop and do that and and, and do all that stuff with my daughter. That that if someone that had a day job, you know, they were going to the city in an office, they don't have that luxury. So yeah, I'm working every day and I'm putting in hours every day, but I'm still I still get plenty of time with with my wife and my daughter because we have that um you know the luxury in the job. It's it's, it's bloody awesome, man. Yeah. What do you think you do well? Like what's going, cause you said something interesting before where you're talking about when we're talking about outsourcing, like when you're getting rid of the stuff that you don't like and you don't think you can do, um, what, what do you consider the things that you do the best? I, um, you know, that's a good question. Like I would never claim to be the world's greatest wedding photographer. I don't like, like I, I take nice photos. Like I'm, and I'm, and I'm comfortable and confident doing what I do taking photos. I think what I, can do that i don't think i don't know how much i say i I feel like i bring an energy to a wedding um and 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 a vibe and an atmosphere that that most other people don't do no one has you know and i'm aware of that myself um because it's you know it's me and it's what i do but it's also like if you read through any of my reviews like online like on facebook and google and i love like directing new couples to that like read my reviews this is like not me talking about myself this is what other couples have written about me um, but yeah, I, I just think, I think the energy that I bring on a wedding day, like I, I, I get pretty bloody excited and, 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 and pretty pumped up. And I think that's what I can do that would separate me apart from, you know, someone who's taking similar photos to me is, is, is the way that I, is the way that I do that. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm comfortable um, saying that and I'm, yeah, I'm confident saying, Hey, I can, I'll, I'll bring an energy that I don't reckon anyone else can bring that same unique energy that I, that I bring, um, to a wedding. Mm. Mm. I think that's fair. And I, I've known you for a while, you know, um, um, you know, we met, we didn't meet on the internet. We met in, in real life and I can Did attest it? to that. I mean, you're, you know, you could be the world's worst wedding photographer and I'd want to, I'd want to hang out with you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, man. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I appreciate You know, I, I love, I love that you bring that up. And also I think that even, um, cause like, yes, we're delivering a product. Like that's what we're doing as wedding photographers, but also, people will never ever forget the way you made them feel or the way that you were acting um, on a wedding day. So, even I'm not saying it's ever happened, but if I delivered a full wedding gallery to someone and they thought their photos were a bit shit or they didn't like them, what what they would never be able to say is like they would never go, "Well, well, he didn't put in much effort on the wedding day." You know what I mean? I'm disappointed with my photos, and he was a lazy shit on the wedding day. Like they might be disappointed in the photos, they're not, by the way. But if they were, they'd at least be going, "Well, you know what." 
fuck that guy go over to Red Hot Crack. Do you know what I mean? Like he worked his ass off and he was like bringing so much energy and so mm. much vibe. Mm. Like, so no one would ever be able to, you know, discredit that, that side and of it, it. Yeah. And it gives them, at least it gives them a, um, does it give them, it gives you then that opportunity of, oh, well, we, we liked him. So we have, that's an access of conversation that they can go, Hey, we didn't like this editing. Can you change this? Like, they're not feeling sour for the experience. I think you're totally right. I think it's what yep. so many photographers can forget um, or just don't get from the start. It's just like, yeah. you know what? Your your work is part of this puzzle. Like, yeah, you, that that's honestly, I feel like that's that's that should be the barrier of entry here. It's like the barrier of entry is, yeah, you got to be competent with a camera and you got to do those things. But yep. like, you know, the ceiling is here. Um, this is a service industry. You know, this is not... Um, we're not hiring David Lynch to come and, you know, film our wedding. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's spot where on. Where the product is 100% and the people can go and watch that and go, wow, what a great film and not have to go through, you know, the, oh, so the production hell of doing this thing and having, making this thing. You know, I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of in that same vein of like, I try to tell people, hey guys, you know, like weddings, we don't have to go out and do this. It doesn't, doesn't like, doesn't matter if we miss this shot, like, Guys, weddings are not a production. Yeah, weddings are this fun thing that you're meant to do, and like I'm part of it. But like, this is not, this is not a production. You know, fucking the amount of oh my god! Can I just as an aside? You're going to you're going to talk about videographers, aren't you? I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about videographers in general. <laughs> I thought that I'm going to talk when you use about the word production. I thought that that's where the conversation yeah, was leading to. It's going. It's because <laughs> I've worked with some great videographers, but you know what pisses me off. People who just don't understand what the sphere of comfortable drone distance is. <laughs> it's like you finally got 10 minutes. You know, you might have maybe, maybe you had an hour put aside for portraits and that, and that's already being pushed back because all the group photos took ages and the whole thing's delayed by 10 minutes, 15 it's, minutes. It's pretty much hour. every wedding. And you find pretty much every wedding, and you finally got that couple who aren't, you know, you know, you always get inquiries. Oh, we're not used to that. We're not used to having photos taken. I'm like, that's okay. You're normal people. You're not models. This is yeah, fine. This yeah, is that's my exactly job. Right. Relax. You finally got these non-models, aka everyone, normal people, to relax and just chill and have this moment. And they're like about to have a little make out, or they're just touching, or they're whatever their thing is. And then it's like, and then you just hear this. You know, <laughs> and you're like, fuck off. Like yeah. just give them a minute, like to be a human for just fucking one minute. Ah, <laughs> oh, and it's like hovering right ahead. They're like, I just got to get the yeah, drone shot. I'm like, you know what? Wild, no one gives it, a man. fuck about your drone shot right now. Just yeah. let them let them fucking look at each other for two seconds. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know when drones started <laughs> becoming like big. Or, <laughs> that's so true, a big thing. But one of my earliest memories of seeing a drone at a wedding, I, it was probably around early 2016 in Melbourne. We just like had this fucked up wasp plague. Like the whole summer, there was just wasps everywhere. Um, yeah. and 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 then and then what, what happened is this a videographer got a drone out during a ceremony. Um, and and. I was like, it happened just after the bride had got down the aisle and I heard the drone and I wasn't like that familiar with drones. This is back in, you know, four or five years ago. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like the music from the (laughs) celebrants PA is upset a wasp's nests. I was was like, there's like a hundred people, like this shit is about to get really real. And I'm looking for the wasps. And then I just realized it was the videographer, this bloody drone um, in the the, the sky. But, you know, I I think the the big difference in summary between, and and I'm generalizing again, but, a lot of the difference in summary between photographers and videographers 
us photographers, a lot of us come from a background of, of people, you know, like we were shooting portraits and we were doing, you know, we wanted to please people. And it was a very like people focused job. If you're a wedding photographer you and you're shooting photos of people, portraits, a lot of video guys come from a background of, of tech. Um, so they're techie guys, they're into gear and microphones and all that. And I think that's, and they, we've got to get a shot that justifies the, having this thing. Yes. It's like, well, we've got to get the drone shot. We've got to get this. We've got to be able to do this. We've got yeah. to do da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah, you, yes. Totally. I'm not saying that's totally. all of them. Um, you know, but, but to generalize that's, that's a lot of the background, you know, that it's the difference that it's, that it's come from. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so let's, while we're on the subject of gear though, like, you know, you just switched, you switched last year to Sony. Um, yeah, 28, yeah, 2018, the end of 2018, oh, I switched, I yeah, switched cool. to Sony. Yeah. So tell but me about I, that. I, I became that guy. I became, became that, guy. that guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, and then suddenly like you, you like one of my, you know, I'm still happy to take the piss out of myself. Like I, I love like all the Sony memes, you know, like, you know, on, on, on meme, you know, the memes for talk, Facebook groups and stuff like that. Like just giving shit to Sony photographers. Like, will you guys yeah. shut up about Sony? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I originally, I, yeah, I used to shoot Canon um, with, with, a, with a couple of five days and I, I, I struggled to, I think because they were big, I struggled to find the motivation to take like photos of my family um, and personal mm. photos. Cause I just couldn't be fucking an SLR camera out. So Sony to me came from, I just bought an a seven um, a little bit before my daughter was born in October, 2018. I was like, if I have a smaller camera, it might motivate me to stop taking as many shitty iPhone pictures and use an actual camera. Um, and then I took that camera to a wedding. Uh, I just had one lens at 35 and, and with the hold fast, I had the Sony on one side and the, and, and my Canon on the other side. And then that wedding, I was like, I was like, oh, I'll shoot a few guest candidates and stuff on the Sony until I get the hang of it. Um, and I just ended up shooting like 80, 90% of that wedding on the Sony. And then that week um, I bought another one and a couple of lenses and sold all my camera gear, um, all my Canon gear over the next couple of weeks. Um, it was just, it was just an absolute game changer for me. Um, changing that two, two big reasons in summary was, was why, why that is. Um, once you put on the once you put on proper lenses on the Sony and all that, the weight is pretty negligible. So people who are like, "Oh, there's so much lighter," like they're not. Like it's it doesn't make that yeah. much of a difference um, unless you're using shitty lenses. But that's the same as like an SLR. If you use a shit lens on an SLR, it's way lighter. Um, so the two big things for me were just the focusing system in general. It was just so much faster and better. And in particular, having that eye focus as a portrait photographer to be able to just lock on to a bride or a groom's eye or anyone's eye that you're shooting it and know that my photo is going to be sharp every fucking time is amazing. Um, and two was just having the electronic viewfinder. So already like when that camera is held up to my eye, I already know what the photo is going to look like before mm. I've taken it. So you don't need to chip anymore. That, that, that were the two biggest things for me. Um, and probably a really unsoning thing to say um, is that like it's important to acknowledge that the end product is relatively the same. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're using similar presets and you're shooting a similar way, whether you're shooting Sony, Nikon, Canon, your end product is relatively similar. But for me, it was more just the process of getting said end product was made significantly easier mm. to me by by mm. shooting with the Sony system. That was that's that's Sony in summary for me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I'm hearing so many more stories about like, like good friends of mine, um, you know, Australia and in the world that are moving and the switching and, and yeah, it's like, um, you're not going to get that instant lightness. I mean, I feel the same. I, I feel like my, my, um, my gear is 
over there in the corner, my, my, my work gear, inverted commas, my work gear. Um, I shoot on a Nikon system. I'm going to have a whole chat. I'm going to do a whole podcast going over this gear, I reckon, at some point because it's something that I feel like that's why I started this as, as, an, as an alternative to what you make because I wanted to go into detail and I wanted to go into nerdy camera shit. Like yeah, that for was, sure, man. You know, that's, the, um, that's the idea. Yeah, but I, I love I love my Nikon gear and I have two D850s, but like there is that thing and that was the same barrier for me. It's like, well, I can't shoot street I can't shoot my street photography with this. Uh well I can, but it's not I don't want to. And I yeah. don't want to just have it around lying around. It's because it's too conspicuous, you mean. It's too it's way too big and it's loud yeah. as well. It's just and it has a big fucking Nikon on the front and it's huge. Yeah. You know, so I have my Fuji X Pro two, which I love, and I shoot all my documentary and street work on that. Yeah, and I carry it around the house. And if I want to really photograph, I actually didn't. I, I use a lot for personal, but I use um, I use for personal work now. I actually shoot more film because, yeah. and I actually do get Nikon's out, but they're not my D eight fifties. They're like a, I have an F one hundred and an F five that I use, and I shoot Tri X and I photograph the kids like that or medium format. You know, I've a Mia C two twenty for that, and that's it, it's 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 something that's so much more personal. And but yeah, like I don't want to. Um, also there's also that thing of, you know, bring, I don't want to bring out the work camera, but there's also actually a thing of, you know what, um, not that it's ever been a problem, but I love just having that mental separation of that's a work camera yeah shit yeah, and man. that's got memory cards in it. And I don't want to just even, I, I just kind of want to keep it there. If I've shot a job, maybe I forgot to back it up and sitting there. I mean, I, I never do that, but it's, you know, then I don't have to go, Oh, I'll just grab that out. And then I've got it. Then I've got multiple things on a memory card from different areas of my life. And it just starts to make me go, Oh, and you know what? If that's a very bourgeois thing to have an entirely different camera system to deal with, well, Hey, I'm a professional and that's how I, that's how I deal with work-life balance. No, that's great. A whole different camera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's good. Cause you know, yeah. and it's not only a physical thing, like you're physically looking at the camera, it's that mental separation as well. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's awesome. I've, yeah, I, I love that you all, you're always still, um, you know, you shoot, you shoot a lot when you're not shooting weddings, you still shoot a lot. You're shooting a lot of photography. Um, and I feel like, you know, even though I'm outsourcing weddings, you know, I, I guess one, you know, now coming up over these few months, we've got more time, the more I would like to shoot more personal stuff. Even if it's just taking pictures of, um, of, of my toddler that aren't on my, aren't on my iPhone. Um, I guess that's something that I'd love to do. And I guess shooting a high volume of weddings, it, it, you know, maybe you do not get the camera out as much, you know, because you are doing it. For work, and it's not that I don't like my job, but sometimes you're just like, yeah, I don't want to use the camera today. Um, when when you when you when you're not at a wedding, but I think we probably all think like that sometimes. It's funny that we are so initially we're so apologetic that we don't want to, you know. Oh, I hope no one listens to this and realizes that I'm a fraud and I actually hate taking photos. It's like, <laughs> no, no. You talk to any normal person, like you talk to any normal, reasonable, you know, uh, whether it's a couple of yours or it's a wedding guest, and they're like. So, so sometimes you don't want to take photos. Like, totally fair enough. Like, that's okay. Yeah, you, you could you could meet a plumber who's like been sitting on his own bathroom renovation for four years now. Do you know what I mean? He's oh, like, that's <laughs> right. Oh, it is that that's yeah. the whole thing, and that's the thing. Actually, my wife is great at at that of of printing because it's like the whole you know the builder's house is never finished. It's like look at the photographer. Where are all the photos of the kids around the place? Oh, you yeah. must have so many great photos of the kids. Oh, I do. They're all on fucking hard drives. Yeah. <laughs> Mine are because I actually my yeah. Emma gets Emma encourages me to go through and we actually have heaps of prints around the house. You know what? Half of them are really really good iPhone photos. Yeah, and half of them are, are, are photos on a inverted commas real camera. But yeah, that's a. I don't think there's such a thing as a real camera. A camera is a camera. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, a nice camera that can do all the fancy tricks. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
the, the best but camera yeah. you have is the one you currently have on you. That's right. That's, that's the saying. Briggsy, my man, where can the good people of the internet find your work? Uh, you can find me at michaelbriggs.com.au or on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Just search for Michael Briggs Photography. Maybe it only works if you're in Melbourne. It could be Australia, but if you just Google Briggsy, uh, I, sh- I should come up. <laughs> I should come up for that as well. Uh, maybe. Um, and, and that's it. Man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Dude, thanks for having me. There's so much great resources. Um, and as always, so, so, so just so good to chat with a, with a good mate. Cheers, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it, mate.